2: You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy Podcast, episode 32.
0: You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy Podcast with Dr. Abby Medcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing.
2: Hey everyone, I'm your host, Dr. Abby Medcalf, and this is the Relationships Made Easy Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about why you shouldn't have any more date nights, or at least we're going to talk about who should and who shouldn't, and then my top tips for what to do instead of date night. Uh, so let's get started. And I, oh, <laughs> I wanted to really start today with this, and this is a little thing you should know about me. When I go to restaurants, one of the things I love doing is checking out the people around me to see who's on like a good first date. And I can tell, you can always tell the good first date. There's uh, a lot of hair tossing. There's a lot of attentiveness. There's some cute laughter, you know, the active conversation and, you know, the kind of the quick touches to the arm sort of things. There's some quick touches, but not too many of them. That's like a good first date. And you can just sort of tell that they're not completely at ease with each other. There's a little energy there and it's quite lovely. Well, When I'm at these same restaurants, I also like to look for who's on the dreaded date night. Cue the music from Jaws. I don't know if we can put that in the podcast or not. You get what I'm talking about. (laughs) I can always tell when some therapist or well-meaning friend told a struggling couple to have a date night. I, I mean, what a great idea. We're barely getting along. Just about everything you do bugs the hell out of me. Let's definitely spend some forced hours together trying to get that spark back. So <laughs> brilliant plan. I see them sitting at the table. They're having stilted conversation. You know, God forbid they were ordered not to talk about the kids or work. Then there's really nothing to say. They're gulping down that too expensive bottle of wine. They order quickly because they've been ordering the same meal at this restaurant for years. And I don't see much tur- touching, flirting, or playful banner. And I'll tell you, I know exactly what they're thinking. So, you know, the, the guy is sitting there going, okay, let me see. Uh, the babysitter is going to be at least 60 bucks and the bill for this meal. Wait, did she just add shrimp to that salad? <sighs> this date is going to cost at least two or $300 and I'm still not going to get sex later. And I hear her, oh God, he's going to expect sex later. I really don't want to have sex when all I can focus on is the way he's chewing on those ice cubes. Who the hell puts ice in wine anyway? Now, I know that some of you listening love your date nights. You get away from the kids or the house and have time to relax and connect. However, I meet with far too many of you who are listening, or I meet with far too many people in my office, and there's a lot of you listening because you write in. And tell me that date night is not something you really look forward to. And I know for a lot of the women out there listening, just finding a new thing to do, you know, the new restaurant player movie, taking care of the logistics with kids, pets, getting everything done so you can relax, makes the date night feel like one more thing on your to-do list and not something that you're looking forward to. So let's think about the idea of date night for a minute. Now there's just, to me, there's just too much pressure to make this big connection. You're supposed to have fun. There's definitely pressure to have sex later. I mean, it's friggin' date night. So you finally get home, you're exhausted after the week and the pressure of date night. And now you're supposed to have rockstar sex to show that you're interested in improving the relationship or in keeping the connection going or that you're still got it. So the usual result is non-rockstar sex, if any happens at all. Because women have to feel some connection and closeness to get excited about sex and being tired at the end of a long and stressful day and date is not getting her there. And this can definitely be true for you men out there listening too. You've worked hard all week and this big buildup is not helping you to feel relaxed or sexy. You know you need to wine and dine and it just ends up feeling like just too much. So, the big question, of course, is why do therapists and friends recommend a date night? It's, you know, really, they're (laughs) well-meaning. It's to connect. And I'll tell you right now that the vast majority of people I work with complain about one thing the most in their relationship. And it's not the things you think, you know, money, sex, whatever. It's about a failure to emotionally connect. Because even sex really at its base is about that, this failure to emotionally connect. If you want, well, let me say this first. The issue is that lasting emotional connection does not come from big, grand gestures. It's not from uh, you know, the world with vacations, the big date nights, or, or sex itself, although obviously all these things can be great, and I wish them for everybody. But that lasting emotional connection is built from what I call micro or mini connections. And, and these definitely do not happen in one fell swoop. They really don't. These happen over the course of a day that builds into weeks and that builds into months and then hopefully years. You've got to build the trust to create this connection you're looking for. And the way you build that trust comes from consistency. You don't build trust in your relationship on a once a week date night. That's not how it happens. And that's why the date nights often, again, all the pressure, all the thought, all the energy is put into this thing uh, instead of in this kind of daily way. So really what I want you to focus on is building these small connections and intimacy throughout your day and throughout your week and to really put aside the idea of date night for a little while. And you know, and I'll I'll talk at the end uh, a little bit more about what you could do instead if you want to go out to dinner or something. I'll I'll throw that in there at the end. But I really want to talk about the connection pieces, these micro or mini connections because that's where your relationship lives. It lives in them. And again, that's how you build this trust and this feeling of really wanting to be close to this person. So, all right. So let me talk about, I've got really sort of a top 10 list <laughs> today. I might throw some more in as we go, but I have, I have notes on 10 that I want to talk about. Um, that are all easy, quick wins. You can do all of these. I'm sure I've mentioned some of them on other podcasts. So, you know, but here they are kind of in one place for you to focus on. And uh, my suggestion is I'm going to give you 10 tips. I'd focus on just one of them. Just take one, the one that you like the most, and start doing that this week uh, and keep that consistent over the course of the next month. So start doing it this week, right away, today. And over the course of the next month, really keep this consistent. Because you can't, the other thing is, you can't do something for a few days and then decide it doesn't work and this happens a lot. And you guys know, I talk about intention and I'll tell you why this fails often is because someone will try a tip. I'll hear you. You'll say, Oh, I tried that, Abby. It didn't work. And I'll say, well, how long did you try it? They'll say, well, I did it for like a whole week. And you know, my husband or my wife or my partner, my fiance or my girlfriend wasn't at, you know, nothing changed. They, they acted the same. And I'll tell you why that happens. Because when you're just trying something versus doing it, your partner picks up on that. You know, I talk all the time about how we pick up on the unconscious, right? it's happening unconsciously. That's not about what you say. It's about this energy that you give off, right? I talk about this all the time. If you haven't heard another podcast yet, go back and listen. So what happens is, as you're trying something, your partner picks up on that energy because it's trying. It's not really doing. It's sort of like, eh, I'm throwing this out there. I'm seeing what floats. So you're, there's not a hundred percent commitment. Your partner picks up on that energy and they wait. So they're saying, oh, they're doing this thing where they're being nice to me, but you know they're not usually nice to me. So I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. So they're not acting nice back, when your partner doesn't act nice back you're like oh screw it this doesn't work and you decide that it failed do you see the problem here you need to stick with something and really go for it with full energy full go and i don't care if you do if you say to yourself i'm going to do it for a month or longer you know me habits take 3 months on average so i'm usually after you to try something for that long but whatever it is i really want you to um, get clear on, on a time that you're just fully committed, fully committed. And it can't be a day or a week. Okay. So let's get into the tips. So my top one, which I do all the time and I really like is, so if you're in the house and your partner comes home, I want you to go to the door and greet them. I know it sounds simple, but people don't do it. So this means that you stop whatever you're doing. I don't care if you're in the middle of cooking something, you have to turn something off in the stove. I don't care if you're in the middle of homework. I don't care if you're in the middle of uh, working through an Excel spreadsheet or answering emails. Stop what you're doing. Stop it. Just stop it. Pause. Stop. Walk to the door. Walk your ass to the door. I don't care how big your house is go all the way over there. And, and I would even love it if you hear your partner come, you know, the, the car pull up that you're even waiting near the garage door to the house or near the front door if they come in the front or the back, wherever they come in. And you're just actually standing there waiting, even unlock the door for them and hold it open. <gasps> what a thought. And I want you to really greet them. So with this intention of making a real connection, that means it's not, oh, hey, hi, and then running away. It, it means you make eye contact. Say something, um, you know, something thoughtful, like not, not how was your day? You know, that sucks. That's not a good question. So it could be, you know, I'm so happy you're home. And, you know, I I hope, oh, I'm so glad you, you made it. I heard, I heard the traffic was bad. I'm really glad you're here. Uh, Anything like that. And don't ask, was the traffic bad? That's not a connecting question, right? Do, do you hear the difference there? Don't ask, how was your day, or was the traffic bad, or whatever. But say something. Say something. I'm glad you're here. It's so good to see you. I've missed you all day. Say something. It has to be honest, but say it. And then I definitely would give you extra points if you like kiss them or make out for a minute or do something else right there. <laughs> that that would be a, that would be bonus. But at least to do this one thing. So that's my my top tip. First tip, it's really easy and it really kind of reconnects you after a day apart. So it's it's just a wonderful thing to do. Tip number two, make a point to kiss your partner good morning and good night, or at least go out of your way to say it to them every day. So if you don't feel like you want to kiss your partner, uh, then at least say something. So, you know, before you, if you don't go to bed at the same time, before you go up, go find them. Make sure you, again, if they're on, if they're watching TV, either wait for a commercial or say to them, hey, and get their actual eye contact and say, I'm just letting you know I'm going up to bed. Good night. I hope you sleep well, whatever. Uh, But say something. Just connect and say something. And the same thing in the morning. Make sure you find them and say good morning. Because a lot of times couples wake up at different times. uh, And I want you to make sure that the first thing you do is go find them and say good morning. And again, a kiss is really nice or a hug, but I'll take just the saying it. That's awesome. Number three, continue to make bids for time together. If you've been asking your partner, I have this one um, man, he keeps asking his wife to go to church, right? He's, you know, more religious than his wife and uh, they have... uh, two boys and a girl and and they're really like want the whole family he really wants the whole family to go to church and that's great but the wife doesn't feel uh, very religious and doesn't get a lot from church and she actually likes it when they all go because she has this time alone in the house and she relishes it and so he's been really upset that she won't go and because he feels you know which I understand too it's like part of their family culture and this is a great bonding and something for us all to do together um, but I said to him, why don't you start with something other than church? You know, that's kind of a biggie and this is hours of time. It's almost like a date night, you know? Why don't you start with something smaller? So I do want you to make bids for time together. But if your partner always says no, if you ask them to go for a walk every night after dinner and they always say no, stop asking for the walk. Ask for something else. Pick something a little smaller, a little more of a quick win, a little easier. Maybe just watch a two-minute short video together or something on YouTube, something funny. I don't care. But try, you know, smaller things to make the bids, but make sure you're making them. Okay. Hold
1: up.
2: Number four, touch your partner more often. I Even if it's just getting their attention, you know, put your hand out and touch them in some way. I find that sometimes partners go long periods without actually touching in any way and it's really important to touch. So again, it's one of the things that separates us from being roommates is our amount of touch. Uh, and if you, one trick is to think anytime you touch your cell phone, you touch your partner. Or keep track all day of all the times you touched your cell phone and make it up at night with your partner (laughs) Uh, touching them. You'd be amazed how much you touch your cell phone versus your partner. So try to always outdo it. Partner touches versus cell phone touches. Okay. Tip number five. Make it a goal to consciously do one nice thing for your partner every day. I talk about this one a lot. So that could be putting away the dishes without being asked, cooking a favorite meal, filling up their gas tank, you know, anything that would make your partner's life just a tiny bit easier, just a tiny bit, it would be a great to do. Just the act of thinking of nice things to do for your partner will definitely put you in a better headspace. So it's such a great thing to do. Uh, if you can't think of things, go look it up on the internet, go Google it. Nice things to do for your partner. I don't know. It just, and again, don't think of those big grand gestures. Oh, I'm going to plan a big vacation for us. That's nice. It's great. Go for it. But I really want you to ha- make sure that you're doing something, again, these micro and mini connections every day. And that's a little different. So it could even be that you, you know, pick up their their plate after dinner and bring it into the kitchen. Um uh, if you don't normally do that or just something it doesn't have to again be big but you'd be surprised at how much these little small lovely things add up um, it can always be a foot rub or something uh, even a quick two minute back rub is lovely you know shoulder rub or something while you're sitting watching tv it doesn't have to be this big invested you know massage with oils and music it can just be a couple minutes just think of things like that that are quick and easy okay Number six. I say this one a lot, but it's a good one to do. Don't make statements and instead ask your partner open-ended questions about themselves, not just their day. So, uh, and you can keep a running list. And again, you can Google this, but here's some ideas. Things like, if you could take a vacation anywhere in the world, where would you go? And they might say to you, uh, well, we can't go this year and blah, blah. And it's like, no, 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 we're not talking about actually doing it right now. I'm saying if you could go anywhere, anywhere, where would it be? You might even buy some really cool travel magazine with like awesome, you know, things like, you know, bungalows on stilts in Tahiti. It might be something you never plan to do, but you never know. Once you start putting it in your consciousness, you might make it happen. But really put that out there. Like if you could go anywhere in the world, where would it be? What would you do? Uh, What's one thing you'd like to change this month? That's another thing you could ask. If there was one thing you want to change, like by the end of this month, what would it be? Or the end of this week, what would it be? Uh, If I was the perfect partner, what would I be doing more of? Notice not what, what wouldn't I be doing? What would I be doing more of? Think in the positive. If, if, if you were going to rate me as the, as the best husband or wife, whoever was, or girlfriend or partner, whoever was, uh, what would I be doing more of? So, and you can ask for that. And do you see how these are all just sort of, you know, open-ended, big, um, what's one restaurant? that we've never gone to that you would love or what's, you know, what's on your bucket list right now? Something like that. All of these questions are just meant to create some intimacy, some conversation, some connection, and you're asking your partner about what they're interested in, which is great. So it's just a... a place to start. So don't worry about the finish line. You're just looking for a place. Again, these are micro connections, mini connections. These are not the big ones. So for example, and I had this recently, um, I had a, uh, well, actually a husband asking another husband, this uh, A gay couple I work with and the, his, his husband said, um, Oh, I bucket list is golfing at St. Andrews and these other places that the husband loves to golf. But the man, the husband that I work with, does not like golf. And so he came to me and said, Oh, I was so bum. Like all his bucket list things are all these golf things. And I said, That's fine, but you know, just talking about it doesn't mean you have to go. It doesn't mean that you don't have to go. Maybe there's a way to have a trip to St. Andrews that, in Scotland that also is staying in some castle somewhere. I don't know, like maybe that you would enjoy. Maybe there's a way to put, the, put things together so it's not either or. Um, but again... I said to him, so how does your partner sound when he talks about these things? How does your husband sound? He said, oh, he gets so excited. His face lights up. And I said, you know, he's going to start equating his face lighting up and feeling happy with talking to you that's what you want. So it doesn't mean that's all you have to talk about, but it means you have to start somewhere. So in my experience, a lot of couples try to talk about these bigger issues, these bigger things, and they can't even talk about the small things. So you can't talk about the bigger things if you can't talk about the small. Start with the small. Start with where you're at, not with where you want to be. All right. Tip number seven. Make it a point not to criticize or judge at all, <laughs> at all. Now, this will be easier if you're not making statements. You know, I talk about this a lot. Don't, no, don't sack, don't give suggestions, offer advice or criticize. But even when we're just making statements all day and we're only, try this, try this. It's really, it's hard to do, but give it a go. Have a day with your partner where you only ask questions and you don't make any statements. Or if you make a statement, it's very brief and quick uh, and you just ask questions. You'll be amazed at what starts to happen (laughs) because it's impossible to give a suggestion, offer advice, or criticize or just be in the, you know, talking at them when you're asking questions. So. Try that, or even for half a day or for an hour, uh, just, or over dinner, try to ask questions. It's a really great way, again, to connect, to start to really get to know your partner differently. Um, Really remember that making comments on your partner's driving or how they could or should do something or comparing what they're doing or how they do it with maybe what you would do or what someone else does. Um, Oh, I wouldn't, I don't park here when I come here to the grocery store. I park over here because it's easier to get out. Shut up. I say with love, (laughs) shut up. No one needs to know where you park. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be right. Why are you saying these things? Why? Or, you know, you could change lanes right here. I always drive in this lane. Don't, unless you're asked, Hey, which lane is the best to drive in? You do this commute every day. I know I'm driving tonight, you know, when we're going out to dinner, but, uh, what, what do you suggest? that's fine. If they don't ask, shut up. If you get there five minutes slower, so what? But all of this stuff, you know, our opinions on things have our partner feeling judged and criticized. You might say, I'm not criticizing them. I'm just saying what I would do. That's a judgment. You're certainly judging. How can you say it's not judging? You're saying, here's what you do and here's what I do. I'm assuming you're saying what you do is better. Otherwise, why would you be saying it? Unless you're saying, oh, you're parking over here. Gosh, I always park over there. This is so much smarter. That you're allowed to say. (laughs) But unless it's some compliment at the end, there's no reason for you to be saying it and you're judging it. You just don't realize you're doing it. So keep that in mind, what you say to your partner all day. How much are you talking about things like this as opposed to, uh, you know, really being loving and open and again, asking questions. Okay. Number eight. And this is really related to this. It's make it a goal to catch your partner doing something right every day and then tell them what you see. So, this is awesome catching people doing things right. You can do it with your kids too do it with everybody coworkers it works It's a wonderful thing to do because it also puts your head in a different space. It puts you in this other kind of realm of what you're looking for, what you're trying to find what what your conscious brain is telling your subconscious or unconscious brain to look for and this is really where you want things in the win column, not the lose column so compliments and appreciation that are real feel so great to your partner. They really do. <laughs> so, and you start looking for those wins, those things they're doing right, I promise you'll find more and more of them and you'll realize just how much they're doing all day. And again, these can be small things. Don't just look for the big things. It's It could be, you know, uh, <laughs> my my man not that long ago said oh you know it's really great how you get everything on the table at the same time when i make dinner it's hard for me to um to time everything like you know some people don't realize what what a talent that is, or I don't know if it is kind of a talent because it's a skill. It's a skill, I should say, that you build over time is learning how to get 10 things on the table at the same time or close to it is a skill. You start to learn, you know, when to start what and the pasta has to get started here and this goes in the oven at this time so that everything comes out at five o'clock or 10 o'clock or whenever you're eating. It's nice to say something about that. Okay. Number nine, we're getting close to the end of the list. Number nine is Kiss your partner for more than 5 seconds once a day. Try that. So, and it doesn't have to be minutes and hours again, start small. But when you're kissing them, really think of not just a peck or and it doesn't have to be a big makeout session, but if you just extend that one kiss just a little longer. You can nibble on the bottom lip. You can use a little tongue if you want, you don't have to, but just extending the kiss that extra minute, holding them closer, that extra minute, uh, not minute, sorry, extra few seconds really makes a difference in the KISS. Try that today. You'll see the difference. It's amazing. Just if if you, I don't even care if you're counting five in your head, just to notice how much longer it is and how short though it really is in the big picture and how much more impact it has. Just to, just to hesitate there for a few seconds is quite wonderful. Uh, And number 10, have time each day that's an electronics-free zone. So if it can be more than a meal time, that's great. If it can be every evening after 8 o'clock or just during all the meals or whatever, but this means no phones in the room, no TV on, nothing. No electronics are happening in an on position. (laughs) I would say maybe you could have music if it's not distracting, but I would not not have any kind of talk radio or anything like that on, Uh, instead, you know, I just want you to be with this person fully and completely. So there you go. Those are my top 10 tips for these micro or mini connections and really creating them and not focusing on the big one. So now I also told you, I I would talk a little bit about if you did want to go out to eat or something if you're going to try to grab a bite or i don't know if you need to go mattress shopping or something you know you just have to do this i would say uh, for sure, I highly suggest doing that on a Monday or a Tuesday night, not Friday or Saturday. Friday and Saturday, again, just have a lot more energy. There's a lot of people out on those nights. It's harder to get to things. It's harder to park. It's hard, Everything's more frustrating. When you go on a Monday or Tuesday, things are much looser. There's a lot less people out and about. And it's just an easier night. There's more ease. Plus, you've just had the weekend off. So you are going to be More rested. If you have kids, you're just less exhausted, but either way, (laughs) you are more rested. So you're a little more fresh on a Monday or Tuesday night than you, for sure, than you are on a Friday or Saturday. So for all those reasons, I really like couples when they are gonna, you know, they need to go buy something together or they need to go do something or, I don't know, you're picking your partner up at the train station and on the way home, you think, oh, let's just grab a quick bite to eat or something. That's all fine. It's not a big date, doesn't have a lot of pressure on it. And having this easier night around you is so much nicer. I'm just telling you. It's it's calmer. It just feels better. Okay. So if you start practicing this combination of random acts of kindness Uh, And creating time that's more relaxed together, like I just mentioned, and really thinking of that, you're going to find that you'll start to talk more and argue less, you really will. And more importantly, you'll find yourselves moving towards one another again. And I I just always want to remind people that it it took some time to become distant. So or, you know, a little bit disconnected, or whatever might be going on for you. So it you got to give yourself a little time to become closer. And to really be moving towards each other again. And again, to have that intention in your head of not just trying something, but actually doing something and being committed to a serious time period for it, like really just being all in to making it happen again for 90 days is generally my recommendation you will really see results on the other side. If you just try something for a few days or a week or whatever, you're not going to find the results. You're just not. Your partner, again, is going to pick up on that and you're going to feel like it's a fail or like a tool doesn't work when really it's because you didn't fully invest in it and give it the time it needs to have the results that you want. So... That's it for today. I'm going to put a plug in for my book Be Happily Married Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. You can buy that on Amazon. I'm really excited it was uh number 1 in new releases when it first came out. I really appreciate uh all the wonderful reviews and um uh talk about the book. It's really exciting for me that people are really finding it useful. I will link it to it in the show notes that you so you can get that yourself. And Uh, I want everyone to pick one of these top 10 tips, and I want you to commit to it for 90 days. 90 days. Commit to one tip. If you really think you can't do the 90, it has to at least be 30. I'm gonna give you 30. And then at the end of 30, maybe you could try a different tip and, and do that. Don't try to do all 10 at once. Pick one, stick with it, and I'll talk to you on the next broadcast.
1: Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Hold up.